The Accounting Insider with Kim Nitschke. Welcome to another episode of Accounting Insider. I'm Andrew Montessi with Kim Nitschke. And continuing the series on property investment, we're going to talk about commercial property versus residential property, Kim. And um, you're a big rap for commercial property. Um, what sort of commercial property investment deals and stuff have you been involved in? Well, I've been involved in, um, I guess, the conservative side of commercial property investment, the small scale, basically houses that have been converted into offices. I know there's there's heaps of other um, different categories that you can go into, like basically sheds and things like that, um, shopping centres, supermarkets. I've just tried to fly under the radar by getting... Uh, low like the the cheaper end of the whole commercial stratosphere so I find that uh, basically houses that you can convert into offices have been my sweet spot okay so let's talk about perhaps break it down as to why you like commercial property as an investment option Um, what about the legislation side of it yeah okay so what's happened is the the um, there's been a lot of um, speculate. There's been a lot of media coverage on the um, mum and dad investors, pretty well the older guys who have got into strife, and they've really gone to 60 Minutes front page of the paper with you know bank steps in seizes their homes. So what happened was the National Credit Act was updated in 2009 to give more protection for the mum and dad investors, but it doesn't really give any more protection um, for the commercial people. So What's happened is the banks realise that they can actually, um, well, I guess you, they, they're sort of not as vulnerable if there's a problem down the track with commercial property. So what that means for the investor is investment uh, interest rates on commercial properties in the end are actually cheaper than residential rates. Okay. Which is crazy because in the past you've always paid a premium for commercial property. So it doesn't make sense, but now... Um, yeah, you find that if you've got a commercial property and you go and refinance with a bank, you get a lower rate than you do with a home loan. Okay. And what about inflation? Oh, yeah, so with inflation, uh, the beauty of being a landlord with a commercial property is that it's just built into the lease, no questions asked. Inflation is, you know, rent plus CPI every year. Sometimes you've actually got in contracts, um, you know, uh, CPI plus 2%, things like that. And over time, that adds up and up and up. And whereas with a lot of your rental properties, which are residential, you don't get any CPI built into it. You've really got to go back to the tenant and say, look, you know, it was 600 bucks last year. We're going to increase it to 605, 610 this year. It's got to be agreed between the tenant and the landlord. Okay. Perhaps let's look at some of the real practical things in commercial property. Um, People might have different perceptions about um, you know, repairs and maintenance and insurance costs and so forth. Perhaps let's start with insurance. Okay, so again, um, if you've got a clever lawyer drafting your, your your lease agreement with your tenant, you can actually word it such that the tenant covers your building insurance. Now, that would never happen with a residential property. So that's a huge win for you as a landlord. It's just, it's all covered insurance-wise. You don't have to pay for it. And that's what you've done with yours? That's what I've done. Is that common practice? Uh, yeah, it is. Um, you know, uh, with the bigger end, yeah, it, it becomes more and more common practice. I'm thinking of hotels. That's just standard that the that the um, 
person operating the hotel pays the insurance of the building. So I guess as they get bigger and bigger, that's more and more the case. With, with the smaller ones, it's probably optional if your tenant creates a stink and you know, you, you, you're trying to um, desperately find someone to, to rent the premises, you might negotiate on something like that, but it's all up for negotiation. Okay. And council rates? Again, council rates usually covered by the tenant, which is great, which is the opposite again with residential. Yeah. So all these little factors along the way all um, strengthen the argument on why more ends up in the property owner's pocket when it's commercial property. Yeah, so the same goes for then repairs and maintenance. Yeah, repairs and maintenance, that's a fantastic one. Like um, with a residential property, the tenant moves out and you know one of the biggest bugbears is then the landlord has to go in there and do a refit. Um, repaint all the walls, replace the carpets and all of that. Whereas with a commercial property, the tenant moves out, they have to, it's pretty well standard clauses in most leases, they have to do a repaint and re-carpet. Mm. So you're getting basically a fresh property to re-lease when your old guys moved out. Mm. And for residential, that repairs and maintenance thing is such a big issue because when, when you actually go to find someone to rent out your house, you're looking for someone that's not going to um, wear it down and and create issues so that repairs and maintenance aspect is a massive difference between both commercial and residential yeah it, 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 when you you know you want your tenant in there with residential for as long as you possibly can because it knocks the hell out of your cash flow when they move out because mm. you you know often the lawn the lawn's dead the dog's chewed the irrigation <laughs> <laughs> all those crazy things yeah. you, you just find that you're in there oh my goodness what have i got to fix now sort of thing whereas with commercial just the it's just the opposite end of the spectrum. And what about when the tenant leaves? What's the difference there between commercial and residential? Yeah, so when the tenant leaves, same thing again, you know, um, they really have to reinstate it to in exactly the same condition it was when they moved in. So, you know, normal wear and tear, which is the the standard clause for a residential premises, doesn't apply for commercial. Hmm. You mentioned off the top about the interest rate benefits. Yeah, so the interest rate's cheaper for commercial, which is great. What if, um, when we're going through this, listen, it's just all pro commercial. Is there anything the other way? Um, yeah, the only catch is, um, I suppose they do sell possibly for a bit of a premium because you know you you're not fighting for your, against your mum and dad investors. You're also fighting against super funds and people like that now. Yeah. Um, but once you're in there, you're laughing. So it might cost a fraction more to get in there. And the other problem too is that um, if they move out, it's not like there's a whole long list of people the length of your arm waiting to move in, which is usually the case with residential if you're bought in the right area. Mm. Commercial's a bit tricky. You've got to go through an agent and you've got to pay the agent, you know, usually three months rent or something, which is a massive hit to get a new tenant in there. But... Um, I use an agent to find tenant if I've got a vacant commercial property, but then as soon as I've got the tenant, then I'll take over the management myself. Yeah, vacancy rates can be a bit of an issue for commercial, I'd imagine, depending on where you live and where your commercial property is, like in the CBD and things like that. Yeah, especially when you start getting strata offices, you know, a couple of stories high, then you really start to find that the vacancy rates are quite high. Whereas if you've got these little satellite offices on the uh, main arterial roads into the city, don't see a lot of them um, vacant for very long. Uh, so, you know, so is that something investors should look at in terms of location? Is that a bit of a 
a bit of a tip or yeah, that's a bit a of something to focus on? On the arterial roads on the way to the city, you know, it's so suitable for so many businesses. You've got all your finance professionals, your medicos, all those sorts of people love those sorts of locations. Cause Parking as well. It's great. It gets them out of their house. It's just around the corner from their their house. Um, doesn't take them long to commute. Easy for clients to get parking. They don't have to get stuck in traffics in the city. You know, all of that sort of stuff. So and and supply and demand too is mm. the other factor. Like um, you know, we're seeing around Adelaide at the moment heaps and heaps of um, farming land being opened up for residential, but um, commercial properties are a bit on the noise because the tenants are often noise a bit on the nose. Um, often the tenants are noisy, banging around with hammers and nails and fit outs and all that sort of stuff. So councils are reluctant to um, rezone land as commercial because of the potential problems and complaints they'll have from all the residents, residential people. So whatever's been zoned commercial is like gold, there's getting less and less as a percentage in my opinion. Mm. So the, the demand is just only going to strengthen. Okay. So who, looking at your accounting practice um, and your clients who invest in property, who's doing better? Those who are investing in commercial or those who are investing in residential? Yeah, without a doubt, the people who have conver- invested in commercial property have retired uh, earlier than the people with residential and they retire more comfortably because the rents just become really, really good and they outstrip inflation, whereas residential rents often tag a little bit behind inflation. So, you know, um, the, the major difference is when they get to retirement, they've got a beautiful cash flow there and they don't have to sell off their assets to fund their lifestyle. They've mm. usually got great rental roles coming in with their commercial properties. The difference between the residential people is they can retire. Sure, they've got plenty of assets, but living off residential rents often a little bit tight, so they might have to sell a property every so often. Mm. So you mentioned one of the prohibiting factors for commercial property is perhaps the initial cost of getting in there. But outside of that, I mean, why doesn't, everyone be seem to be pursuing commercial property as their main focus for investment um, i mean do you recommend that mixing between residential and commercial is still a good thing to do what are your thoughts on just your general property mix yeah look i think um as i said a couple of episodes again i think it depends on your stage in life like i like buying properties that actually suit where you are at you know if you need an office i reckon it's great to go down the commercial track one, and, and that's probably a good one because you know what you're looking for with your own business. And that's what I did with mine. But once you cut your teeth on that, I think that as soon as you start getting um, properties number five, six, seven, eight, you should really be thinking seriously about all commercial because the returns are just so good. And long term, time and time again, you're going to find that you're going to be miles in front. But that doesn't say that doesn't mean to say that if you need a shack or you need a farm or whatever, you can bolt all of them in. But certainly, once you start getting to a point where you know you're buying property for the sake of keeping your tax down or just pure asset wealth or growth, uh, I'd be saying, yeah, you definitely go down the commercial track. Yeah, because I mean, it comes back to your point, sort of through this whole series, is that you just seem to invest in what you need. Mm. Mm. That yeah, then that's my sort of um, fallback. That if property drops, well, I need the properties anyway, so it's just it's just another excuse to hold them for longer. Tell us about your where you're based, where your accounting firm is based, and a bit of that story. Uh, perhaps, I mean, that's a commercial property. 
looks like an old house. Yeah. Um, and now you're also doing some pretty big things to it at the moment as far as renovations. Yes. So from the untrained eyes, you're driving past, it probably looks like an old Tudor house, but the only council in their wisdom um, some time ago decided to rezone the arterial roads coming to the city and the side that I'm on um, got rezoned and it just works beautifully. You know, there's, it's, it's a busy road that we're on, but it's good for our, um, our signage, our names out there. People often recognise our name because they've driven past it and seen our sign, which is great. I always recommend that if you've got a business, buy on a main road, but if you're a resident, buy on a back street. <laughs> but yeah, so we've been there uh, eight years, love it there. Great big block, we own the property next door as well. Uh, we love it there. We've tried to go a bit close to the city, but it just, it means that we're getting um, half the size of the footprint. So we love it, we're gonna stay where we are for quite some time. So we've decided to renovate now. Um, and that's, um, clients really, um, you know, they value highly, uh, well, what do they say? When you go and visit a doctor, 80% um, of people attribute the, um, the skills of the doctor based by how nice the car park is and, and, and how surround. clean the reception area yeah. is. You know? And I think that's the same with every business. You know, it's, not, shop it's, front. Not, it's not a standard Renault though that you're doing. Maybe tell no, us no, a little bit about so what you're doing. So we're doing a Renault there where um, we, we've redone all the front. We put um, uh, chairs and tables out the front so we can all sit there and, and, and have a meetings outside, which is beautiful. We've repainted it there. We've upgraded the bathroom. Um, we're redoing the reception, cutting out some walls, opening up, getting some more space. We're going to have accommodation there for our country clients in mm, one of the rooms. It's really interesting. Which will be like a B&B &B there. And then out the back, we're setting up a big deck. Uh, our reception counter will now be a bar with um, beer on tap and also coffee machines. And our reception will be parked there. So it's just something a bit different. Um, and then we'll have a massive space out the back on this deck with um, Skilly and Veranda, where we can have guest speakers in and have Friday night drinks, invite friends around, big screen to watch the footy as well. Awesome, and some big speakers, so you can just play Accounting Insider on a loop for everyone who's there. Absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of which, Accounting Insider has gone to a new level. Um, we've got a website, accountinginsider.net, so that's how you get in touch with Kim Nitschke. And it's far easier than trying to type nitschkenancaro.com.au into a website. So thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Accounting Insider Podcast with Kim Nitschke.